G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. Watkinson. We're going to open up the phone lines in about 15, 20 minutes if you want to call through and join the conversation today. And Andrew is the author of a book called Experiencing Jesus for You, I Am. Uh, yeah, the title of the book's For You, I Am. And he's got a great testimony. Uh, basically, he experienced an amazing turnaround in his life. The thought of becoming a Christian was for him entirely against his nature and interests. He says initially, he didn't find the case for Christ compelling. He considered Christianity Christianity to be weak and a self-serving crutch that offered little more than an opportunity to fritter away a good life for no gain. But Andrew discovered he was wrong. When he accepted Jesus as Lord and Saviour, he had only the merest idea of what he was doing, but now he's written a book about the experiences that have sealed his faith in Christ. The book is called For You, I Am, and with each experience of God's amazing, comforting and encouraging presence, he's hungry to learn more about God. He's a member of the Nambaka Valley Community Church in New South Wales, right near Coffs Harbour where I grew up, and uh, he's joining us on the line today. Uh, welcome along, Andrew. Give us a bit of a weather report. What's it like in, uh, in beautiful New South Wales today? Gorgeous. In a word, it's uh, sparkling. It's nothing but blue sky, and uh, as I'm looking out my window, nothing but green grass and trees. Um, it's, a, it's a joy to live here. It's a joy to be alive today. Good on you, mate. And some of the best beaches in the world around there, you know, Valor Beach and you've got Yurunga, you know, you've got Hungry Head. Some of the, What's your favourite beach down there, mate? I have a soft spot for Shelley Beach. It's uh, a very cute beach. It's very safe. And it's. I had a quick swim yesterday and, it, and the water is just turquoise, clear, tropical, and um, I just love it. Fantastic, mate. And just give us a bit of a background. Where were you born and raised? I was born in a near what was then a small town called Burgess Hill in England. We uh, moved to to Brighton um, and lived there for for several years. And when I was twelve, we we came to Australia. We were what they called the ten pound pommies. So when <laughs> when we were on the ship coming to Australia, Neil Armstrong was walking on the moon. So um, that that dates back to nineteen sixty nine. And we came to Australia and uh, lived happy ever after because <laughs> truly this is a wonderful country to be in. I never, I never lose sight of that. Well, I do love your accent. You know, I did spend six months in Nottingham when I was younger, so I know a little bit about the British accent. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I believe there's a forest there. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, tell us a bit about um, the, one of your favourite Bible verses is it's uh, easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Uh, tell us a bit about that verse and how it relates to your life. Well, that's what Jesus' view would have been of me, and, um, and it's the truth of the matter, a capital T truth. 
But my truth was anything but that. I was I was the uh, hard uh, person to get to to Jesus because I was truly happy with a small t. I had everything I wanted. This country has been wonderful to me, and I had a great job, a lovely home. I had no responsibilities. Um, I had a double garage. There wasn't enough room to put my car in it because I had so many toys like windsurfers, kayaks. I had a mountain bike and a road bike. Uh, I had a healthy lifestyle. I'd I, I, I never drunk alcohol. I don't like this stuff. It's not like I'm trying to be a Puritan. I just don't like alcohol, and I certainly have never done drugs. So I, I've lived the golden life as far as the world can give it. And I even had friends along the way try to interest me in Jesus. And I just found that really easy to shrug off because it, to me, appeared a poor lifestyle choice. Um, But thank God for verse 26, which is just a couple of verses after the camel verse, because it's where God declares that everything is possible for him. And so ultimately, and what became the source of inspiration for the book, um, I say I stumbled over him because I wasn't looking for him, but circumstances arose, and here I am. Um, uh, I try to be a good, fairy man, uh, a faithful Christian man, but I am a joyful Christian man. And I've had a, a good look through your book, and uh, I've got some notes here. You know, I, I did love uh, a section in Chapter 9. Uh, it really shows the primary purpose for your book, for UAM. Uh, you said, because while the good news can be the best possible news, if you don't believe in it, then it'll be the worst possible news. That news gently given shocked me into becoming a Christian in 2016. Then as I recovered, I became appalled and frightened for my family and friends because they, like I had, struggled with this camel in fitting eye thing and have no idea of the downside of the good news, hence the book. We've given the book to most of our family and friends, so now my wife and I give it to people we meet along the way. Uh, it's it's a great testimony. Just, just take us back a little bit to, you know, 2016. Um, what were the events that led you up to coming to Christ? Uh, came from nowhere. I've I've explained that I didn't do drugs and alcohol. I I was keen about following a healthy diet, and I was fit as right. And suddenly I got a heart arrhythmia. I was lying in bed one day and my heart started doing crazy things. And I, and a few weeks later I went to a doctor and she said, man, you've got to get to a cardiologist. Uh, turns out I was having about 15,000 dodgy heartbeats a day. And that was very confronting to me because my plan was to remain fit and healthy forever. I, you know, and when mortality came a knocking at that early age, um, it put fear into me, and, and for the first time, perhaps, God had something potent to work with. And um, over the years, I tried medications. None of them worked, and I was looking down the barrel of uh, surgery, which they call cardiac ablation, which is where they burn part of your heart uh, to make it behave properly. And I wasn't keen on that, so I went along to my GP, and... Um, he said, now you're doing all the right things. Modern medicine is serving you well, but that's about the end result for it, a cardiac ablation. And I said, is there nothing else I can do? And he said, well, there is one thing. 
he said, my church runs a healing service the first Sunday of every month. And um, I felt moved by that. This doctor, late into his own evening, away from his own wife and family, would take the time to tell me about his belief in God and Jesus and that maybe this could help me. So I rocked up to the church and um, I went to the service and I thought, well, this is quite nice. I quite enjoyed the sermon. And then the healing service started. And that's where it started to really change for me because as I was looking around waiting for the healing service to start, I spied up on this cupola ceiling a, a verse, which is 2 Corinthians, 2 Chronicles 7 and 14. And it said that, you know, if you mend your wicked ways, I can do good things for you. And I'm thinking, man, that guy's telling me I'm wicked. And I'm thinking, that's not me. And I was really, I was outraged. I was really annoyed. And I wanted to get out of there then. But it would have been very embarrassing to get up and leave. So I stayed, but very disgruntled. Then my world changed. As the healing service started, the pastor at the front of the church called out after some prayers and worship, there's one or two people here with a heart problem. Can you raise your hand? And I'm thinking, what? I've tried staying in the shadows all day. You know, I was embarrassed to be in church. And now they're calling me out. And I'm thinking, but you came here by your own Voice. Um, so I reluctantly raised my hand, feeling obliged to, because she could have called out cancer, drug problems, alcohol, whatever, but only heart did she call out. So when, I went, when she called us to the altar for the healing, I, she said, look, you raised your hand, I'm going to pray for you. And the funny thing is, after she prayed for me and I took my seat, I wanted to stay in the chapel now. Instead of being outraged and angry, I was thinking, this is nice being here. And then a couple of guys came up to me, one by one. I eventually had three guys, and they're saying, would you like to be saved? Gently and with love. And I'm saying, no, not really. I, I came to be healed. And um, the third time they are, before they asked the third time, I explained about Wicked. I said, I'm, I'm really not a fan of of." the guy that's calling me wicked, because clearly I'm not. And they explained that I am. They all are. That We're all sinners. And in that explanation, they revealed to me that some of my views wasn't going to heaven. And that shook me out of my stupor. My 50-plus years of comfort just shed itself. You know, coming from a you know, nominally Christian country, going to a nominally Christian country, I always kind of figured if there's a God, I'd be with him when time's finished. But no, you have to do something. You have to make a choice. And I felt then I really wanted to make that choice, and I did. And I... I, I, I couldn't believe I was... As I left, I felt more or less the same... But within two hours of leaving, I started to write what is now the book, and I had changed. I just didn't know how much. And so that's how I became a Christian, and from there it just grew. We're chatting with Andrew Watkinson, who's a member of the Nembaka Valley Community Church in beautiful mid-north coast of New South Wales. 
and he's written a book called For You I Am. We've just heard a bit of Andrew sharing his testimony of coming to Christ in 2016. And if you'd like to join the conversation, maybe you've got a question for Andrew or you want to share a bit of your testimony, you can call through on 1-800-316-316. We've got Anne from Labrador in Queensland. How are you, Anne? I'm fine, thank you. And it's lovely to hear your testimony. Um, I am so glad because I just believe um, God never gave up on you. And even if you sort of didn't look and didn't understand that, but he, he, he brought you to a place where you found out what he was and who he was and how he was able to heal you. And through that, he was able to um, give you understanding about who he was and how he can, you can come to know him as Jesus and Lord. And I, I'm so grateful that, that uh, God never gave up on you, even if you didn't realize what he was and who he was. Isn't that good news, Andrew, hey? It's it's wonderful news, Matt and Anne, and I I treasure what you're saying. And in fact, in the book, I I do write write that I felt I could have a new beginning with God because everything I'd understood about Him was wrong, and it's not a surprise to me because I didn't know God that I didn't want to know Him. But somehow, in that healing chapel, I got to know enough of Him to encourage me. And so what you're saying, Anne, plays perfectly into my experience and um, I'm very glad to, to, hear, you, to, to hear you call and, and, and give me that encouragement. Thank you. That's okay. Good on God you, Anne. You. Thanks for your call. God bless. God bless. God bless. Bye. Anne from, Anne from Labrador, a good regular. Always uh, love hearing from Anne. And uh, if you'd like to call through, phone lines are open on one 316 and uh, we've got uh, uh, some other calls. I'm just about to uh, pick up the other one here. We've got Carol from uh, New South Wales joining us now. Uh, are you there, Carol? Thank you. Yes, Matt. Uh, thank you for your book. I won it on uh, on the early morning sunrise. I answered a question and I got your book here. So wonderful. And um, hi, Andrew. God bless you. Thank you, Carol. And God bless you too, but I doubt you've got the book. <laughs> no, not yours, my dear. Oh, you got uh, my book. Matt, oh, sorry. I oh, got Matt. Matt's book. Matt's book. <laughs> and, yeah, I got Matt's book on, uh, yeah. Anyhow, Andrew, it's wonderful to know I've known the Lord since 1962 and I'm get going on 73 and uh, you know I've been a mission worker in China and now I work amongst the Muslims here in uh, Greenacre I'm from Strathfield Council here in Sydney you know down New South Wales and it's wonderful yeah. that the Lord has chosen you he said before the foundation of the world I've had many healings when I was 19, 1969, Jesus healed me. I was going to be in a wheelchair for life. And I'd never heard of, I've never seen anyone healed. I was brought up in a strict Baptist church that did not preach healing. Salvation, yes. Uh, 
I met a girlfriend of mine in Parramatta and I went to business college with her in 1967 and she had something and she was uh, filled with the Spirit and spoke in tongues. We all have the Holy Spirit when we're born again. But there's another gift. And so she told me that Jesus Christ was the same yesterday, today and forever. And as soon as I heard that, it was a lightning bolt that hit my heart of light. And I said, what? He heals today? I told Jesus if if uh, I was alive, when he was alive, he'd heal me. I got home. I knelt on my knees, lifted my hands to heaven. I was 19. And I said, Father, in Jesus' name, heal me. And I felt warm oil go down my spine. And I was miraculously healed. And I went and told everybody that Jesus healed me. Isn't that wonderful? It is wonderful. Sorry, sorry, Matt. Andrew, yeah, what are your thoughts, mate? I think it's wonderful, and I think it's fabulous. You felt so emboldened by that experience to go and tell everyone because that's how I feel. And just to cap off the testimony, I should let you know that, yes, I was healed of my heart. A few months later, I went to Sydney to have the cardiac ablation um, and when I went to the uh, surgeon's office, they ran an ECG on me to, prior to doing that, a few days before checking into the hospital, and he said, your heart's fine. We need to have a dodgy beat to trigger the cardiac ablation machine, and we don't have enough to do that. And I saw him and my cardiologist the same week, and they both said, no, you're, you're healed. We don't need to see you again. And that was... I don't know, four years ago now. So every day when I wake up, I listen to my heart on the mattress because you can hear it through the mattress, boom, 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 and it's solid as a rock. I still get a few dodgy beats, but instead of 15,000 a day, a few hundred a day, which is neither here nor there. Wow, so, that's awesome. I did, I, I, I'm very pleased to hear that healing story. Hey, Carol, uh, we've got to go to the news, but thank you so much for your call. Bless you. Bye. God bless. Bye bye. I've got Colin from Townsville. How are you, Colin? Oh, I'm really good, thanks. Have you got a question or a comment? Oh, just a comment. Look, I'm. Uh, I've got a background. I was an evangelist in New Zealand for ten years. I got saved from the rugby league scene, and then I've been a chaplain here in Townsville for twenty years. And I really believe uh, Andrew's such a, an anointed man to stir every every person that names the name of Christ has a testimony. And this is one of the great evangelistic ways right now, if we can stir up everyone, and I thank Revision Radio so much and you, Matt, but we've got to keep plugging to stir up every Christian to share their testimony. Amen? Amen. Any thoughts on that, Andrew? And, uh, look, it's, it's right to my heart. It's, I mean, look, there's all sorts of things you can do and with the body of Christ. But, wow, I'm struck by particularly my family and the friends and the people out there that are not informed about the good news and, and you know, in fully that, you know, you have to make a decision. People in, the, in this world have no idea, by and large, you have to make a decision. It has to be a commitment. And for me, the best way is testimony. I've got 
them coming out of my ears, frankly. God keeps blessing me. And it, it's, I've said to people in church, I, I feel like his favorite. I feel sorry for the rest of you, but I'm sure it's the same for all Christians. But my heart is to carry the, the, the good news, the word of God, salvation, the message of salvation to people that come into my path. And when I do that, the joy is unbridled and that is my calling and i'm you know i'm you know what we're hearing today is really an outpouring of that absolutely uh colin any more thoughts on that oh look that's it you know and if you get into like if you get into a church scene where you can use other people to help like the it's not only sharing the gospel and you witness the gospel you can arrange someone to help them move or do to take them to the hospital or anything like that that's a must to just have be in that fellowship where you've got the, the body. But uh, I'm so impressed. I hope Andrew's book is read by many um, because uh, without being too critical of the, the pastors and the teachers, we need a stirring that every person can do something for Christ, can't they? Mm, absolutely. Yeah. Well said, Colin. Thanks so much for your call, mate. God bless. Yes, God bless you, Andrew and Matt. And if you'd like to phone... Yeah, th- Thank you. Thank you. And if you'd like to phone through, uh, lines are open on 1-800-316-316. We've got about another 15 minutes uh, with Andrew. If maybe you've got a question for him or maybe you want to share a bit of your testimony today. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, give us a call, 1-800-316-316. So, Andrew, we, we chatted in the last half hour about your salvation testimony, about your healing testimony. And when it came to writing this book, you really wrote it for the person who doesn't know Jesus. Just unpack that for us. Yeah, look, um, I I never knew God, um, but I thought I knew of him, and what I knew of him and, and the way people lived for him um, wasn't what I wanted to be take part of. But when I found out who he is and how he loves us and how he looks after us, um, uh, and how he helps us find purpose. Um, I wanted to share that with others, and particularly salvation. I look at people I know, and I think, no, no, it's like they're getting in a car where the brakes don't work, really. I, and I and I didn't know what to do. And so um, I don't think I'm a preacher. I keep wanting to interpret the Bible in, in my terms. Uh, and my wife makes sure that I can't do that. So what I found is with my testimony, I can do one thing very strongly, very boldly. I can say, this is my experience. And your first step doesn't have to be, do you trust God? It's do you believe this bloke who lives a life like you? Do you believe it's possible that he's found the truth? That's all I'm trying to do. But I care about salvation and and people that they need to know there's a decision to be made and I want them to be informed about that decision. Absolutely, mate. And, uh, you know, I I just hope this book does get into the hands of of many people so they can, you know, hear the good news of the gospel. Uh, Now, mate, another angle uh, that I wanted to unpack with you today is, you know, you you shared with me off air recently that uh, your mother has had a battle with Alzheimer's. Uh, she's 98 years old. Uh, tell us a bit about how you've um, navigated that uh, with, with your mum. 
We've we've always been very close. My mum would tell the story when I was a baby. She'd look in on me on the way to bed and I wouldn't be crying. I'd be laughing. And she'd spend the, the night, we'd laugh together. And since that, we've always been close to the point where, well, in 1998, she wanted me to be her guardian for the time when she wasn't able to make her own decisions. And so when it came time that she was unable to live alone, um, she came to be with my wife and I. And um, without the, the Alzheimer's was slow to, 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 to come. But one day, after she had it for four or five years maybe, it went off a cliff face. And um, fortunately, when it went off a cliff face, I've been a Christian, but only a few months, and it was devastating. Um, I was helping mum get into the shower. She's unsteady on her feet, right? And, and, and she gets confused, but she knows who I am and she's still happy. But this time she was angry, confused, bewildered, stubborn. And she just stood in the middle of, the, of her living room holding her, her stroller and, and, and just glared at me and refused to do anything at all. And, and I could see her eyes were starred wide like a wild animal caught in a spotlight. And, and, and I, I thought I was losing my mum. I thought, wow, I've lost, lost my mum. And I was so, so upset. And um, I called out to God. I said, God, please help me. Please help me. Please help me. And um, I said that must have 30 times. And then suddenly, and this sounds like a B-grade movie, but it's the absolute truth. I started to tingle. My skin was goosebumpy. It felt like my hair was standing on end. I felt more courage, more strength, more bold, more certain of what to do. And and I just felt I put my hands forward to my mum's and under her chin and lifted her face gently and looked into her eyes from maybe an inch away. And I just said, trust me, trust me, mum, just trust me. And I said that for, again, a long time. But then I saw in her eyes, the eyes became soft. They'd lost that, they'd lost that wide-eyed, animal-hunted spotlight look. The, the pupils, instead of being little tiny pinpricks, grew normal and wide and loving and normal. And, and, and then she stood up straight and she turned, and without her stroller, she walked quite steady on her feet in a way I hadn't seen for years, and she walked to the shower door, and she opened it, and then she turned to me and said, why is it gone so quiet? And I've, there's another chapter in the book called The Silence of I Am, and I've experienced that silence one, one other time. And without waiting for an answer from me, she just stepped into the shower and I had my mum back. And um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just, even now, I'm reliving that. And wow, you know, 
being a Christian, I I I got to I buy I bought into this Christian thing for salvation. It became more than that, but that's why I bought into it. Now I'm seeing what it's like living as a Christian in this world. I'm seeing and experiencing the blessings of a loving God who you call upon. And he answered my prayer, and I'm, I was so fervent, yes. But, wow, when I saw her turn and walk into the shower and then turn around and say, which is God's calling card in my world, why has it gone so quiet? I, I, I didn't fall to my knees, but if it happened again, I'd fall to my knees and praise God and just, wow. Mm. So that was my first real experience with mum's Alzheimer's. Well, it's good to hear a, a bit more of your story and how Jesus has uh, helped you and guided you through uh, some of these things that you've been dealing with. Uh, we're talking with Andrew Watkinson, author of the book, For You, I Am. And uh, if you'd like to call and join the conversation, phone lines are open, 1-800-316-316. Now, Andrew, one of the other things that uh, you mention in the book is how your marriage has become front and centre of your experience with Jesus. You say, we are frequently amazed at the joy and comfort that Jesus brings into our home and enables us to take into the world. Uh, Just uh, share a bit bit of your experience of of how... uh, you know, this experience of coming to Christ has affected your marriage. Staggering. It couldn't be better. And my background is anything but marriage. I met Joanne when I was 44, I think. And between 24 and 44, I wasn't interested in getting married, not not even with living with anybody. And, you know, I had a girlfriend every year or so, you know, and I was happy. Make no mistake. It was, it was, I wasn't looking for a wife. Um, And then all of a sudden, even before I was a Christian, that is, Joanne comes into my life and um, she was picked out by her grandmother, who at the time was 88, but who who was a Christian. And, um, and, um, Joanne and I were very happy together for, uh, let's say, 10 years. And we were very happy, which, which was already, in my world, <laughs> way better than anything I'd experienced. And I loved her with all my worldly heart. And then when I became a Christian, as I explained earlier at the Healing Chapel, um, I was, you know, pretty embarrassed by that, frankly, and I wasn't planning to tell her I'd been to church, and I certainly wasn't going to tell her I was a Christian. And um, But that was a Sunday. The Tuesday night, she was arriving from home up on the mid-north coast. I was staying with my mum in her Sydney place, and so I hadn't seen Joanne since I'd become a Christian. And um, as I say, I wasn't planning on telling her, but God had other views. And Joanne arrived the Tuesday night late, and I just muffled her, uh, you know, hello, good night, and resumed my sleeping posture. The next morning, and these are the first words we exchanged since I had become a Christian, I got up and, as I normally do, said, would you like a cup of tea? 
to which she normally says, oh, of course, you know, please get to it kind of thing, you know, with love. Um, so this time I said to her, would you like a cup of tea? And she looked straight into my eyes and said, you love me more now, don't you? Now, it wasn't a question, and Joanne's not one to ask for self-serving compliments. It was a flat statement of fact. And, and in my mind was racing, thinking, oh, no, that can't be. That's ridiculous. How can I love her more after 10 years of being with her? I mean, I'm, but I realized the truth of the matter was I did. I loved her more than I had for the previous 10 years. And, 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 and so I, I had to just, one, confess, yes, I did. And then I, I felt I had to tell her that I'd been to church and I was now a Christian. And, and that's why I loved her more, because now I loved her with my worldly heart. They hadn't changed. But I now had Jesus in me, and I was loving him as a Christian man loves his Christian wife. Well, she was my girlfriend then. And so what she saw, amazing to me, she saw in my face something that had changed since she'd last seen me and changed since something she'd grown to know over 10 years in the two days since I'd become a Christian. And since then, it's just been perfect. I'm loving being married to this woman. I'm loving that she's a Christian wife. I'm loving ever more that I'm a Christian and can be a more faithful follower of Jesus. Wow. That is a great testimony that uh, Jesus didn't just change you, but changed your marriage, changed your wife. He's uh, the God of transformations. I love it. Um, Now, our time's almost up, and uh, I'm sure some of our listeners will be curious to know how they can get their hands on this book. So it's called For You, I Am by Andrew Watkinson. Where can they find it? Okay, look, we, we haven't got it with a bookseller yet. You know, there's a lot of paperwork. So what, we, what we're saying um, for now is send us an email and then we'll send you the banking details. Um, the email is since30ad at gmail.com. That's 30 as in number 30. So since 30 AD at gmail.com and then we'll, it, the book is $17 plus postage and, um, and then we'll send you a, a copy or copies. I, I would like to say a couple of things about the book. Yeah. I've written the book to happy non-believers. Um, it's not the book you may give to a drug addict. It may be in your view, but it's a book that's, um, about my testimonies, but that's not the reason for the book. Within the book, every time I've got a testimony in there, we've got one or several Bible verses. And so without knowing it, the unbeliever will be reading the Bible. And it's threaded right through the book because when you read God's word, stuff can happen, good stuff can happen. And so I've written it in a way that is interesting i've written it in a way almost with a worldly perspective of so they feel included but it's strictly according to to the the bible and it's filled with bible verses and it particularly addresses the good news 
and the fact that they need to make a decision, they're not going to just drift into heaven unless they do something. Well, it's been such a privilege to uh, hear your testimony today, your salvation testimony, your healing testimony, your marriage testimony, and what God's been doing in your life. And I pray that many lives will be impacted by this book, For You, I Am, by Andrew Watkinson. And if people do want to get more details about how to get the book, you can contact us here at Vision, and we'll pass on the info. Uh, Mate, thank you so much for your time today. God bless. Thank you, Matt, and thank you and your listeners and the callers. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.